It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now that the Giants have their new manager in Bob Melvin in place, the attention shifts to A, the coaching staff, but B, the players the Giants are going to target this offseason, and Farhan Zaidi dropping a hint or just flat out saying one of the positions the Giants are going to be looking for, and we'll, we'll explore the names that make sense. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on the show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites, Beyond the Box Score, and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. So check us out there if you have not already, and please hit that subscribe button wherever it is that you happen to be following the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase, like I did, a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat over 50 infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And coming up on today's show, it is a mailbag edition of the show. I am recording in the evening on Friday. Uh, I apologize for not giving notice. I thought maybe I would be able to record yesterday. I moved. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see behind me, I have no background. I have yet to kind of install uh, the background at the new place. And so I apologize for no episode yesterday and this episode on Friday coming out way late. And I don't know when you're listening, but maybe on Saturday. Who knows? But Without, with that out of the way, uh, it is the mailbag edition of the show. Thank you so much to everyone who asked questions on Twitter. Let me just jump right in. The first handful are all about the same topic. Apparently, I actually didn't hear it. Uh, Farhan Zaidi was on KNBR, and we got like four questions about what he said. And uh, I'll just read the first one here. Stizo says, Farhan was on KNBR to talk about the Melvin hire and his offseason plans. He mentioned getting a pure center fielder. If we were to land someone like Jung-Hoo Lee or Cody Bellinger, what does that mean for Luis Matos? And as of right now, how do you think the front office views Matos going forward? And then Nicholas Bosa, same kind of question, basically. And... Daniel, same question, and NDE The Rock kind of interpreted it differently and thought that it meant maybe that they were looking to platoon Marco Luciano when they were when Zaidi was talking about strong kind of up the middle players. Um, so I'm going to address the question as it, as it pertains to Matos because I think that's an interesting angle. If you have your front uh, your president of baseball operations saying that they that he wants to target a pure center fielder. First of all, I have been pretty adamant about how I did not think that Matos was good defensively in center field. And the bat doesn't necessarily at this stage, at least right now, profile to a corner as well. You want better offense if you move him off of center field. But I think 
the bat to ball skills and if he just continues to like develop physically then he could certainly be like a left fielder or something or a right fielder um so i don't think it means that they've like given up on matos or anything he would be a very attractive trade target for somebody but i don't know that they want to just give up on him i think uh He's a good young player, but maybe not a pure center fielder. And so kind of the other questions were like, uh, would you prefer Jung-Hoo Lee or Cody Bellinger? Or do do you think he's talking about Cody Bellinger uh, specifically? But for me, the guy I circle back to is, in fact, Jung-Hoo Lee, who is out of Korea and is 25 years old. He just turned, he's born in 1998. For those of you who, I mean, 1998, uh, pretty, wow, uh, excuse me, banged my microphone there. Uh, Young player, and, you know, what he's got is an exceptional hit tool, and he's got really good speed, and he is a true defensive center fielder. He's won the equivalent of the gold glove over in uh, Korea multiple times, and he's just been a really good hitter there. Uh, strikeout rate this year, 5.9%. Um, you know, it's hard to know exactly how the numbers translate. I think front offices these days are much better at figuring that out in terms of players coming over from Korea or Japan. But Jung-Hoo Lee is a really good defensive center fielder from what I understand and a really fast player and a player with a uh, very interesting, I mean, low strikeout rate uh, kind of guy. Um, and so I'm super intrigued there. And I, you know, it, it, I haven't seen him play at the major league. So it's hard for me. I, and I haven't honestly seen him play much in Korea. I did see a little bit of him during the World Baseball Classic this year. But Cody Bellinger is another guy. I mean, he's only 28 years old himself. He just turned 28 in July. Um, and he had a nice rebound season with the Cubs. There's just no denying it. He would have been a better signing. Then Michael Conforto, the dude ended up hitting 307 this year, 356 on base, 525 slugging. Uh, the expected numbers significantly lower than the actual numbers. And so there's a little bit of concern there. Perhaps the strikeout rate fell way down. Like the last two years combined, he was around 27%. And then last year, 15.6%, which is down back to where he was when he was at his best with the Dodgers, including a 47 home run season at age 23 in 2019. Um, So he is an intriguing guy as well. And what's interesting is that, you know, the team I always pay attention to, what is the team that has the player? How do they play them? And that tells you something. And Bellinger played a lot of first base, And he also played a lot of first base at times with the Dodgers. And so I think there is a perception that Bellinger is like this elite, elite, elite uh, defensive center fielder, but I'm not sure that he is. And if you kind of look at the defensive metrics, defensive run save doesn't really think so. uh, Stat cast outs above average is bullish on Bellinger's defense. Ultimate zone rating is kind of meh on Bellinger's defense uh, in the in the outfield where he's almost exclusively played center. Um, so, I, I mean, either of these players I would happily take on the Giants is kind of what I'm saying. But there's, a, there's this 
intrigue with Jung Hoo Lee, given that there is, it's an unknown and perhaps it's uh, somebody who could be everything like a, like a totally different element for the Giants, you know, like tons of speed. I don't, I actually didn't kind of glance at the stolen base numbers when I was, he's not a, he hasn't been a huge base dealer in Japan. Um, but from what I understand, I mean, really good defensive center fielder and just kind of bat to ball skills and like batting average and not striking out and all that. And the Giants, Oh, I mean, he also hit 23 home runs in 2022. He was injured for much of this season, had like an ankle injury from what I understand. But either of those two players, I think, would be perhaps considered a pure center fielder and would really upgrade the Giants. Uh, But it gets crowded in the outfield. And so Matos, I'm saying put him in a corner, but like you've already got, even if Conforto opts out, you've got Hanniger, you've got Yastrzemski, you've got Slater. Um, and so I think it uh, potentially sets up a trade of, I mean, if you can unload a Mitch Hanniger, you know, even though you just signed him last off season, uh, then perhaps something, that's something that gets considered. But for Matos, I don't think they've given up on him. And I think just having him, you know, he has minor league options. Like, so he's, he doesn't have to be in the major leagues if, if you're crammed, but I think that they they still like him, but I don't think they view him as a center fielder necessarily. Okay, so the next set of questions are going to be about this Mike Trout trade hypothetical that went up on uh, Bleacher Report, I think it was, and we have it here. And I'm going to go over my thoughts on this Mike Mike Trout trade hypothetical in just a minute. And before we do, today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical, which for me just happens to be a game changer right now as I am soon headed for international travel and the kind of uncertainty medically that can go along with that. And I've had actually my share of kind of medical situations arise. And so to be prepared with something like the Jace case, which I picked up for myself ahead of this international travel is just a game changer. The Jace case is a uh, personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections, and you can customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your unique needs. Go to jacemedical.com and enter code LOCKEDON at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code LOCKEDON at jasemedical.com. All right, as promised, we are going to get into this uh, Mike Trout trade hypothetical. It is, you know, hypothetical. Look, people are looking for content, to be honest. And so when you see things like this, it doesn't always mean much. Um that's not what we do here on this show, but on some other places, they're just like constantly pumping out content that's going to generate clicks. And I think that's largely what this is, but it's worth exploring because Mike Trout is definitely an interesting name. Uh, anyway, thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day, except the last two days when I've been bad about getting these episodes out because I moved and it was extremely, you know, moving like, you know how moving is. Um Coming up on Monday, who knows what we're going to have. We're going to have the latest on the Giants, uh, some coaching staff news perhaps, and then a lot more mailbag questions from from this batch to get to as well. But 
Uh, getting back to the questions, the next one comes from Bo Nose, who says, would you do the proposed Mike Trout trade that Bleacher Report was proposing between the Giants and Angels? I say no on giving up Harrison on any trade unless it's Luis Robert or a player at that age or at that level slash age range. And so it obviously is worth looking at what was the Mike Trout trade hypothetical. And what it was, was Mike Trout going to the Angel, uh, to the Giants along with $95 million. I was honestly happily surprised that in this hypothetical, they included cash. Because I was imagining at first, just I hadn't seen the hypothetical. I was imagining it was going to be like Mike Trout for like Marco Luciano, Kyle Harrison, Luis Matos. Kind of like some of the Shohei Otani trade proposals we saw last offseason. That never made sense, frankly. But this one, honestly, is a little bit more realistic, I think, because it's Mike Trout plus $95 million to the Giants, meaning the Angels kind of paying down a significant portion of the, he says, roughly $260 million that Trout is owed. I didn't, I just assumed that this number was correct without looking it up for myself. So let's just imagine seven years, um, $260 million for Mike Trout is what's remaining. So if we take 260 and subtract 95, we of course get 165. So suddenly you're looking at a seven-year deal for only $165 million for Mike Trout, which comes out to $23.6 million a year. Um, Trout is older now. He's 32 at this point, or at least let me check exactly how old he is. That's part of the issue is that it's it's not, um, you know, you're past the peak phase at this point and you're entering the decline phase. And so it kind of reeks in a way of, you know, Evan Longoria, except Trout is much better of a player than Evan Longoria ever was. But, you know, you're paying, you'd be paying for 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38 basically, which are not typically the years you want to pay for, except that's a bargain price for a guy with this kind of upside. Um, The issue has simply been he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Uh, If you look at the games played since, I mean, 2020 doesn't count really, and he played 53 out of the 60 games. But, But the last three years, 2021, he played only 36 games, 36. 2022, he played 119 Okay, it's like decent, but not great. And last year, he played only 82. And so that's a three-year combined uh, total of 237 games. And I will get to the giant side of this trade proposal, by the way. But first, I'm just analyzing Trout. 237 games over three seasons for an average of 79 games a season, less than half of the year. And so that is definitely, definitely concerning. And then... Let's look at what are the Giants giving up here for this seven-year kind of discounted Mike Trout package. So to the Angels, Mitch Haniger. So that's like essentially more money being offloaded. Uh, so then it becomes, you know, in essence, even cheaper because Haniger maybe is like an underwater contract already after the year that he just had. And then here's where the rubber meets the road. Uh, left-handed pitcher Kyle Harrison included in this trade, uh, and then right-handed pitcher Carson Seymour, 
who, frankly, honestly, I don't know all that much about Carson Seymour. I know he's a name that gets talked about a lot, but um, I haven't, I haven't like watched him or even looked at his numbers much. But I believe um, Harrison is obviously the big prize here. Although, okay, looking at Seymour, Double A uh, this year, and mostly was a starter and pitched really well. And I don't know it. Uh, he's not. Let me see where did where did Fangraphs rank him on the Giants' top forty nine prospects list? Carson Seymour. Uh, he starter depth. That's where they put him. So the, so it's just really uh, Kyle Harrison. That not that Fangraphs is the end all be all when it comes to ranking prospects, but really you're just essentially giving up Kyle Harrison for like basically a really cheap Mike Trout. And what do I say to that? I'm it's, it's tough. I, that's why, that's what I said as I think it's like somewhat realistic because for the angels, it makes sense because they get this young, potentially stud starting pitcher to build around. And for the giants, it makes sense because they get this star player finally who can be the face of their franchise. And I would imagine that even if you pulled off a trade like this, they would still be out there looking. I mean, this wouldn't add much money to the books at all. You'd be removing Hanniger. Honestly, you'd be saving money next year with this trout at this reduced price. Uh, no, not saving money. Excuse me. It would be, you'd be paying just a little bit more next year. It, it would almost be a net zero between Hanniger and trout salaries for next year. And so it's tempting. Like it, that would be tempting. The, the, the big issue, obviously, and the only reason he'd be available for this, this kind of price is like, note that it's not Harrison and Luciano and Matos and everybody else that you can possibly throw in there. Like we were talking about with hypotheticals for Otani when Otani had a year left on his contract. That's what people were suggesting here. We're talking about seven years. And so the only reason that it's like essentially just Kyle Harrison as the big piece going back is because of the fact that trout is not as young as he once was, as we, nobody is, (laughs) you know? And, uh, also, the fact that he has had a hard time staying healthy this year though. I mean, it's important to point out the uh, one of the injuries he had that kept him out for the last couple months of the season was a hamate bone fracture, which is just kind of a freak thing. And once they removed the hamate bone, it doesn't come back. Like that issue doesn't come back because the bone is literally gone. So, you know, maybe, I don't know that his strikeout rate has gone up in recent years to the point where it, I mean, there's a lot of swing and miss. There's a lot of K for Mike's uh, Mike Trout. This is a tough one for me. I'd kind of lean against it myself, just like you, in terms of giving up Kyle Harrison for a guy who's entering, like you're, you're buying decline years. And it is like Mike Trout, like the greatest player of this generation, but you're buying decline years and you're gambling on someone who's missed a lot of time every year pretty much for the last three years so uh i'm not i'm glad i'm not in a position where i have to actually make this decision is kind of my ultimate answer but let me just say that i find it in the realm of realistic as to what it would actually take um and i think it somehow would satisfy the angels in a way because they get that premium 
at least one premium young player in return in Kyle Harrison. And for the Giants, you know, you can just you they could just spend on starting pitching and potentially I'd much rather they just go out and trade from their, you know, Tristan Beck, Keaton Wynn kind of bucket uh, instead of giving up Kyle Harrison. I just think that he's got ace potential and Trout is obviously an MVP, uh, not MVP. Yes, MVP caliber player, Hall of Fame already. Like he, he could retire now and be in the Hall of Fame. But again, you're paying for the end of that run. Think of Miguel Cabrera, right? Like he's he was that, but then he became what he has become, which is like terrible and unplayable and blah, blah, blah. So that's the concern. And that's why I probably lean no, even though we're talking about Mike Trout. Anyway, next round of questions is about a different player, but a a player that the Giants may have interest in acquiring in Matt Chapman. Uh, And the the noise kind of ratcheted up with Andrew Baggerly writing a piece about the fit, the possible fit of Chapman and the fact that Bob Melvin used to manage Chapman in Oakland. So we will get into uh, all the Chapman conversation in just a minute. And before we do, today's episode is brought to you by our good, good friends over at Ibotta. Uh, how about, how does this sound to you? How does this sound? Thanksgiving dinner for free. This year, Ibotta is here to give you cash back and help make sure your Thanksgiving table is complete. Because who wants turkey without the gravy and without the stuffing and without everything else? Uh, that goes along with a delicious Thanksgiving meal. Starting November 1st, for the fourth year in a row, Ibotta is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Just add the offers in the app to redeem for everything you need to make your Thanksgiving feast complete. All you have to do is shop at your favorite retailers and upload your receipt. Download the Ibotta app now and use code MLB to get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting November 1st. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code MLB. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code MLB. All right, here we go. Uh, We're going to get into this not hypothetical trade situation, but hypothetical free agent signing situation with Matt Chapman. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. If your first listen is at like 9 p.m. on a Friday, then you're insane. (laughs) Uh, Normally, I tend to have these episodes out much earlier. I apologize again. Moving. Do not recommend. My goodness. It is a hassle. Wow. But we're back. We're recording in the PM. I hope that you catch this episode. So next question from uh, Manny, who says that um, actually this was not a question about Matt Chapman. Manny's question is I'm going to save it for afterwards. It may be for another day. Manny, I like the question and maybe I meant to get to it now, but we're going to get into Chapman because that's what we said. Daniel says, I've read that Chapman, Matt Chapman might be a fit. What do you think about him as a player? He's got a connection with Melvin and plays excellent third base defense, but he's very streaky and strikes out a lot. I'd pass given the years and money thoughts. And then Rob says, extra bags. Andrew Baggerly stated that Matt Chapman would be a great get. What are your thoughts? 
And so what are my thoughts? Well, I'm kind of going to echo what, who was the first asker? Uh, um, Daniel, when you it's funny, we've got two askers in a row, Bo Nose and Daniels, uh, Daniel kind of throwing out players who would be considered by almost all fans to be upgrades and yet saying they would pass. I think you guys are being pretty like uh, pragmatic or like you're being um, smart or like, uh, I don't know what the right word is. I'm searching for a word like wise or um, careful, but not to, not to a fault. Like you're being smart. You're not being impulsive. Um, Yeah. So Matt Chapman, he's a durable player. Like when I look at, gosh, I've got something in my eye. Uh, uh, When I look at his stat line, I mean, the first thing that jumps out to the page off the page to me is he plays, I mean, this year was like the fewest games he's played in a full season in, you know, since his rookie year, and he played 140. That was the fewest. We just talked about Mike Trout averaging 79 a year over a three-year span. Games played over the last, whatever, five full seasons, 145, 156, 151, 155, 140. And so that durability and that uh, clearly screams everyday player, not platoon player. Um, certainly that like being on the field is valuable is, is, is a skill and, a va- and has value. Um, the second thing that jumps off the page, I mean, there's a lot of things, but just kind of going in order as I'm looking at them is that he's really good at not chasing out of the strike zone. And that is something the giants like a lot. He does strike out quite a bit, 27 percent career strikeout rate is high and this year it was 28.4 percent and so I think that's pretty similar to JD Davis like especially when we're talking third baseman you know like how does he compare to JD Davis and you know in some ways it's like duh Matt Chapman is a better player than JD Davis but in other ways you look at it and it's like there's a lot of similarities this the career strikeout rate for Davis 27.4%, the career strikeout rate for Matt Chapman, 27.2%, almost identical. So if you think J.D. Davis, there's too much swing and miss and strikeout, then, I mean, J.D. Davis's career zone contact rate is 76%, and Matt Chapman's is 80%. So I guess that Chapman does hold the edge there. Uh, So... Maybe Chapman takes some more called third strikes because he's so disciplined uh, to the zone that he he probably takes a lot of borderline called third strikes, which Giants fans notoriously get annoyed by. I know like with Brandon Belt, for example, Um, J.D. Davis always runs a high batting average on balls in play, which is not really true for Chapman. He's more normal. The difference is Chapman hits for more power historically with a 221 isolated power. Homer's on 15% of his fly balls. Davis homers on almost 20% of his fly balls. Uh, Chapman hits the ball in the air more often, though, than J.D. Davis. And uh, let's see, career batting average for Matt Chapman is 240 compared to J.D. Davis at 261. Okay. And on base percentage for Chapman, 329. For J.D. Davis, 343. So 
J.D. Davis is better at hitting for average and getting on base than Matt Chapman, just FYI, to those who really want Matt Chapman. Uh, but when it comes to slugging percentage, J.D. Davis at uh, 432 and Chapman in his career at 461. So that's really where Chapman has held the edge. But overall, a 118 weighted runs created plus for Chapman in his career and 114 for J.D. Davis. So not that dissimilar in terms of just overall kind of offense. And I do... I I haven't like watched Matt Chapman day in and day out, but from what I understand, owning him on a fantasy team even this year, uh, he was extremely streaky. He was like red hot, and then he was ice cold, and that was basically it. That was his season, and that kind of that was like JD Davis too, to be honest. Um, the big difference is that Matt Chapman has been a positive base runner. Despite like you don't think of him as a fast runner, but he's been really good as a base runner. Uh, 12, uh, 13 runs above average in his career on the bases, whereas Davis is at minus 11 runs above average. So, you know, that's a big swing over the span of however have they I'm J.D. Davis has played far fewer games. So that makes it even more stark. Uh, the uh, defense is where it is the real separation. But what makes it kind of complicated is that th- this year, J.D. Davis was better uh, defensively. He improved a lot. This year, two and a half runs above average per fan graphs defensively for Davis, whereas Chapman, 5.7. So Chapman has always been just one of the best defenders in the game and uh, at third base uh, and or at any position. In his career, he's got 92 defensive runs saved. 92 in 7,500 innings, whereas J.D. Davis in his career at third base has minus 38 defensive runs saved in 2,240 innings. And so we're talking like massive difference, but outs above average uh, for J.D. Davis minus seven at third base in, you know, what did I say? 2,200 innings and for Chapman plus 53 in 7,500 innings. So we're talking about like someone who is a vacuum over there defensively at third base. And so for that reason, I do like Chapman. I mean, I I like Matt Chapman as a player. He does have his flaws though. He is one of those guys who you might actually be uh, come to be annoyed by in terms of how he plays, you know, taking strike threes, you know, not swinging unless it's like his pitch. It reminds me a lot of Brandon Belt in that way. Um, But the defense is so exceptional. Uh, Let me see the the career platoon splits. 123 weighted runs created plus against lefties and against righties, a 116. So he's above average against both. And that's what you need in an everyday player. But, um, you know, that... Be against righties, a 236 batting average. So it comes from power. He's got a 221 isolated power against uh, right handed pitching. But for the defense, uh, he's 30 years old, turns 31 in April. I don't know. I like Matt Chapman. I think he would improve the team. And I don't necessarily think you want to rely on JD Davis as an everyday uh, third baseman. I think we kind of saw it 
fizzle down the stretch. And he could honestly, you could match him with Wade at first base as a platoon and and kind of dedicate the DH spot largely to Wilmer Flores, unless you, of course, land Shohei Otani. So anyway, I, I think Matt Chapman would be a good get. I wouldn't want to give him a ton of years, given that he's going to be 31 at the beginning of the season. But if we're talking like four years tops, uh, he's a he's just a good player with a high floor because of the defense. So that's what I think. You know, I forget what you basically said. You did you would lean away from it, past given the years and money. I mean, it depends on what the years and dollars are. We don't know what it is, but we'll we'll look out for a prediction by like MLB trade rumors and all that, and we'll see if it makes sense. If it's like six years, hundred and eighty million, then yeah, I would pass too. But we'll see. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Every dayers on Monday, more mailbag questions, more news about the coaching staff, hopefully, and just anything else that comes up between now and then. Uh, once again, my name is Ben Kaspic. Check me out on X at Ben Kaspic, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a lot, so thanks in advance. And thank you to everyone who's done so already. I can't wait to be with you again on Monday. Have a great weekend. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 